Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First Norwich Podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is Kyle Newman joined by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran from Indianapolis out there at the NFL Combine. We'll be talking all things Combine, takeaways from Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton's press conferences the other day, buzz around the Combine specifically regarding two gunslingers, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Options at number nine for the Broncos if they elect to hold on to that pick and not deal it. Talk about Kenny Pickett's hand size. People freaking out about the small hands there. Delve into that a little bit. The importance of settling in that right tackle for the Broncos as they're looking at some prospects there. And then close the show with some talk on some local guys. Tight end Trey McBride and running back Max Borgie. So let's start off with the takeaways from the Pressers on the first day of the Combine, Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton both addressing the media. And, of course, quarterback came up quite a bit. And Ryan, reading the tea leaves of of what George Payton said, he said, hey, we got to get more production on the quarterback position, and no stone is going to go unturned. What were your initial thoughts, especially regarding those big-picture questions for the GM and the coach? Well, if I was a Broncos fan, I'd be a little concerned. That's my number one takeaway because – this is not a, this is not as nearly as good of a quarterback draft as it was last year when five went in the top fifteen and the Broncos were sitting there at nine and, and did not take one. Um, they don't have to be really concerned. I don't think about a, a quarterback going in the top eight pick. So if they like one, they can probably sit still and get one. But if not Rodgers, we'll get to him a little later. If not Wilson, Ditto, then what? I mean, is it a Mitchell Trubisky second round draft pick combo? Is it can he pick it, start him right away? Is it, God forbid, trading for Carson Wentz, trading for Kirk Cousins? Uh, I don't think that I mean, I'm doubtful on that, but they better have four or five plans ready to go because it's sneaking up on them. And once Rodgers makes his decision, then all teams can move forward. But as far as my takeaways on Hackett, um, it feels like he has it feels like he has been so busy with staff and draft. He's just now digging into the Broncos. 2021 season, which I guess is semi-understandable because he did hire nearly 20 people and he probably interviewed double that. So uh, so it would be interesting as the spring goes along, what does he think of the players he's inheriting, not just the players he's acquiring and drafting? You mentioned Peyton having to have multiple contingencies at the quarterback position, especially if 1A Aaron Rodgers falls through and stays in Green Bay. Peyton mentioned Drew Locke and his presser. Lock under contract, final year of his rookie deal. Do you imagine at least all of these plans will have Drew Lock in the mix as either a backup or competing for a job somehow, or is he an expendable piece at this point? Well, he's definitely expendable, and I just shudder to think if he's in a quarterback competition, how the hell are we going to write a preview magazine when it's the same old stuff again? Um, Drew Locke has had his chance. I'm sorry. I mean, I know some of the Denver media mafia want him to get another shot. Think he can, you know, think he can rise up. Um, he had a full season. He had several opportunities last year. He did not win a game last year. And, uh, I mean, he was the, you know, on the field when they beat the Chargers, but that was a Pat Sertan game. So, I don't like if you had to if I had to say if you had to say okay no Rodgers no Wilson what's your next best plan I think it's two pronged I think it's one you draft Kenny Pickett at nine start him right away and like I wrote in uh, Thursday's paper treat him like he's Mac Jones or 
you sign a guy like Mitchell Trubisky to a, to a one-year deal and then draft Sam Howell in the second round and say, hey, this is our plan. Trubisky's going to start. And then Mitch, Mitch would probably say, hey, great. As long as I'm guaranteed a week one start, then it's up to me to keep the job. And so, and then Hal can, you know, learn on the job, like learn while watching the job be done, like Locke did a couple of years ago. So if that's the case, a Trubisky Howell, then you have to, you, Drew Locke cannot be in the building. First of all, you only keep him two quarterbacks. Try and get something with for him on the day three of the draft. Somebody will give you a seventh for him. Uh, but I just, I just think it's a tough sell. Uh, if Drew Locke is a part of the equation in any form. The Broncos do go with Pickett and nine overall. And like you said, kind of throw him into the fire, a Mac Jones situation. Broncos would be very lucky to get the type of production and composure Patriots got out of Mac Jones. Of course, Mac Jones, more highly touted, went at number 15 overall in a more quarterback heavy and better quarterback draft. But that's a high bar there, right? Yeah, it is, but I also think that Pickett has a ton more experience than Mac Jones did. He was a one-year start at Alabama. You know, Pickett uh, started 40-plus games. You know, I was talking to a, you know, a, a media person today and, he, and who I've known for years, and I said, you know, what, I said, outside of Pickett, who's ready to play with one? He goes, he's the one. He goes, if you're the Broncos and want to go that route, he's the only choice at nine. So that sort of confirmed what I had been thinking and hearing and saying and writing. But uh, And, of course, leaning on that run game highlighted by Javante Williams yeah. and whoever else, whether it's Melvin or someone else. Yeah, and, and first of all, I mean, it should not be Melvin. Or, I mean, you should not pay for that veteran who's going to be a backup. There's plenty of running backs in this draft. Draft one on day three. Go with Williams, the new kid, and Mike Boone as your, your triple threat. Not a bad run game. So even des- get better on defense. So even despite – Peyton's comments about Melvin Gordon on the opening day of the combine saying he was in conversation with Melvin. Obviously Melvin has said multiple times he wants to be back in Denver, but even despite that kind of vote of confidence, or was that more lip service? Do you think um, on that question? Well, he said that about just about all his free agents. And my response is you're seven and 10. I wouldn't prioritize, I wouldn't prioritize any of these free agents. Right. I just let them all walk. I mean, if I had to keep one, I'd beat Josie Jewell, play him alongside Baron Browning. But I think you need to start over a little bit, get get some new blood in the building, get a new culture. It may not be a winning one, but at least be different. And you know, see if you can rely on some new guys. Again, this is the first Norwich podcast brought to you by the Denver Post. This is Kyle Newman joined by Ryan O'Halloran out there in Indianapolis, giving us his impressions firsthand of the Broncos and the NFL Combine. So Speaking of the combine, what's the buzz out there in Indy about Aaron Rodgers and about Russell Wilson? But definitely Aaron Rodgers, as Matt Lafleur and Hackett and Peyton—they've all fielded questions on number twelve. Unfortunately for me, it appears less and less likely for Rodgers. Um, you know, I think we'll get something here in the next week because it sort of gotta gotta have to. Um, I think the Broncos should be willing to do whatever it takes. Uh, but it feels you know you, people. There's people around the people around the league do not expect any of these guys to be moved. That means Wilson. That means Rogers. That means maybe Garoppolo, and that means Cousins. That means Matt Ryan. You know, talking to an executive, the Falcons really cannot do anything with Matt Ryan. It would be such a salary cap penalty. Same with Minnesota. Uh, they got one year left with Cousins. Then you can move on. So, you know, if Rogers stays in Green Bay. Okay, Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll said, we're not shopping Russell Wilson. I'm sure as hell doesn't mean you're not willing to trade him. 
So if you're taking calls, it feels like they're on a better they're in a, they're on a better page than they were this time last year. So that leaves the Broncos, that leaves Carolina, that leaves Washington, that leaves New Orleans, that leaves Pittsburgh, just to name those teams, searching for quarterback help. And Washington may be in a more desperate situation than uh, the Broncos because they drafted two spots lower. So, and you know, the bottom line is it's so. It, it's understandable these teams make it so hard to pull a trigger on trading a guy like Wilson Rogers, who is still very productive. So they're going to say, we're not going to do it. Uh, so, you know, clarity on that will be, you know, official. I probably guess in the next week or week to 10 days before the March 16th league year starts. So, uh, mm. so unfortunately not, not a lot of positive buzz. Yeah. And kind of a tough reversal of fortune for Broncos fans, right? As opposed to this time last year, when, as you alluded to, is pretty acrimonious between Rodgers and the Packers and Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And now it seems to be on better footing, even despite the Seahawks' poor season. Yeah, you know, Wilson named his teams last year, and the Broncos weren't one of them. The Rodgers stuff broke on the first day, the day, of, the, day of the first round. You know, I think it was a day before, two days, they acquired Teddy Bridgewater. I tweeted right after the Bridgewater trade. I said, hey, I said, I draft Justin Fields. Let him get ready and play Teddy. Well, they didn't. So, I mean, we're going on a year now, pretty much quarterback chatter, because this time last year it was, okay, is Trey Lance going to be there at nine? Is Mac Jones the guy at nine? Justin Fields. So, um, so we're back on this, you know, merry-go-round, and it's uh, getting aggravating. Okay, let's continue this merry-go-round on the first Orange podcast here. Last year, Broncos had QB options at nine, namely Justin Fields. They passed, took Pat Sertan. Now, Sertan has turned out to be a very good player and certainly all-pro future in front of him. And we should be we would be remiss if we didn't mention the Broncos got the best draft award as voted on by the other teams at the Combine. Ryan, I know you're writing about that at denverpost.com slash Broncos. But hey, what about this year's draft? Options at number nine if the Broncos don't trade away that pick and some Aaron Rodgers mega deal. Uh, is it going to be Kenny Pickett? Is it going to be a running back? Is it going to be a right tackle? What are your general gut feelings about a month in, month out or so? Yeah, I mean, I, I would go with Pickett. Uh, but let's look at... Let's look at two scenarios. Uh, let's go three other scenarios. The first one would be an edge rusher, which is an obvious need. Uh, Bradley Chubb coming off a no sack season. Malik Reed, uh, Jonathan Cooper, you know, I think are more number three, four types. Stephen Weatherly is a free agent. Okay, at number nine is a you know Jermaine Johnson is an edge rusher from Florida State. You know he is gaining a lot of attention as the top one because he had a great senior bowl week. Trayvon Walker from Georgia, same thing. So uh, I think both of those players have the potential to be there at uh, number nine. Okay, inside linebacker. All these guys are free agents except for Baron Browning. What if the Broncos say, hey, we got to draft a guy who can play every down, play alongside Jewel or Browning. To me, that would be Devin Lloyd at Utah. Tackle machine, run the football a lot. Uh, Nakobe Dean from Georgia is another option there. And let's go uh, the third op, third 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 scenario is they trade down. Uh, let's say there's a run on receivers, or um, they've signed a right tackle in free agency, and somebody wants to come up and get one of those left tackles. And you know, maybe they trade down a couple spots, pick up a third round pick. So um, if I had to, 
you know, put five bucks on it now, I'd say edge rusher and then maybe quarterback in the second round. And then speaking of quarterback, Kenny Pickett, his hand size blowing up Twitter last couple days because it's so small, uh, even smaller than Joe Burrow's. Ryan, can you put this in perspective for us and maybe uh, get us on the meter of freaking out too much, not big deal, et cetera? Yeah, it's one of those things. Is it a big deal, little deal, no deal? Um, I'll go a little deal um, because you wonder what it's like with the hand size. What the hand size will, will impact Pickett in rain or snow or wind? Can he power the ball through the weather like your Aaron Rodgers, like your Kurt Warriors with these you know gigantic hands at eight and a half inches? Um, it would be the, the, the smallest since Michael Vick in 2001 among the first quarterbacks drafted. So there's there's something noteworthy there. But Joe Burrow was only at nine, working out fine for him. You know, some members, including you know one or two members of the Denver media mafia, are thinking this is like a you know a deal breaker, a be all end all. Well, uh, I disagree, uh, but it is uh, it is of note. And then next up here on the First Orange Podcast, Kyle Newman, Ryan O'Halloran, right tackle. That's been a revolving door. They had Bobby Massey there for most of this past year, but he was on a one-year deal. Obviously, to me, it seems like that's a need they got to address in this year's draft. Do they do it at number nine? Do they do it later? Initial thoughts there. Well, how about this for a stat? This is going in Friday's paper. Since, since 2012, the Broncos have used 20 starting right tackles. 20! That means they, they just can't find the answer. And it includes, you know, the Jawan James debacle. Oh, that was bad. But here's the thing at nine. Uh, three tackles may go in the top eight. Evan Neal uh, from, from Alabama, who's just a behemoth. Uh, Iki Ukulanu. Uh, who knows if I said there? NC State. He could go number one to Jacksonville. Yep. Charles Cross from Mississippi State. He may go six to uh, Carolina. The Jets uh, before that may take one of these guys. So if, if I'm the, the, the Broncos, maybe you trade down. The second wave of offensive tackles, the way I see it, are Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. Um, where's my other guy here? Da, 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 da. Then there's like a big drop off. Daniel Fiali, who was like 6'8", 380. I mean, he literally was scratching the ceiling during his press conference today. Uh, he's from Minnesota. And then... Um, yeah, another right tackle, where is he? You know, later in the third round, uh, where is he? You know, Luke Gottke from Central Michigan, Bayer Munford, Ohio State. Maybe those are two options, but there really is a top three followed by a drop-off. So we'll be monitoring that, of course, denverpost.com slash Broncos throughout the next month plus leading into the 2022 NFL draft. Again, this is the first orange podcast, Kyle Newman joined by Ryan O'Halloran out in Indianapolis. We'll close the show with some talk on some local guys, Trey McBride, Fort Morgan and CSU and Max Borgie, Pomona and Washington state. Of course, Trey McBride winning the nation's award for best tight end, the Mackey award this year and Max Borgie, Tying the Washington State total touchdown record in a pretty storied career up on the Palouse. Ryan, you were at both press conferences this week, and I know Trey said he wants to be the first tight end off the board. That's a pretty realistic expectation. And then just in talking before the show, you got a, a Christian McCaffrey vibe from Max Borgie, and he certainly kind of carries himself like his uh, his idol, whom he looked up to, the Valor Christian star. So what were your thoughts about those two guys? 
Let's start with McBride. I think he'll be the first or second tight end chosen, probably in the second round. Greg Dulcich from UCLA has gained a lot of momentum. He could be the first. Yeah, McBride, you know, at the uh, combine, is like 6'3", 249. To me, you're basically a slot tight end. I mean, he's going to give you a catches. Uh, can he block enough at his, uh, you know, with the level of physicality to to really be, uh, you know, a, a second round pick? I think uh, the you know the workouts later this week would be important. Uh, uh, Max was was uh, available to the media uh, Thursday afternoon, as you mentioned from Pomona. He, I asked him. I said, "Where's the golden helmet?" Denver Post golden helmet 2017. He says it, he laughed. He says it's still at my parents' house. He is not going to he is not going to run the combine. Uh, he rolled an ankle at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. And so he's waiting for his pro day in Pullman. He's been training at XOs in Phoenix. You know, one thing he's asked about McCaffrey, but he listed McCaffrey and Eckler, Austin Eckler from the Chargers, the guys he tries to, to round his game like. And, and he, he's probably, you know, accurate in that because he had 86 catches as a sophomore for the Cougars. New offense meant fewer catches, but I think he, he may be like a late round pick. Um, and then try and make a team that way. But if, if I'm a team, I'm interested in visiting one of them just because his, of his versatility. And unless, you know, okay, is he an inside runner, outside runner, uh, pretty durable outside of a back injury last year where then he was limited to one game. So uh, one thing he said is, hey, he goes, I got a lot left in the tank. Yeah, I, I'm ready to be unleashed. And th- that story will appear in the Denver Post at some point in the next couple of days. So I think he's fired up and uh, be interesting to see which team uh, decides that he's worth a pick. Yeah, Borgie definitely plays with the chip on his shoulder, has since his days up in Arvada playing for the Pomona Panthers, overcoming a knee injury early in his career. So check out Ryan's story at DenverPost.com slash Broncos. And of course, Trey McBride playing with the chip on his shoulder too ever since he came out of Class 3A Fort Morgan. So Look for those stories online here in the coming week, coming days, and of course, more coverage from the NFL Combine by Ryan at DenverPost.com slash Broncos. Ryan, any final thoughts as you enter your final couple days here at the Combine? Well, you know, uh, the, the linebackers, the defensive linemen are Friday, so we see the visit with Jermaine Johnson, uh, Wyoming's Chad Mumba. Legend uh, High School, yep. Yep, he, he, uh, so he'll be uh, visiting with the media tomorrow on Friday as well. And then Saturday, you know, one of the positions I forgot to mention is safety for the Broncos, opposite of Justin Simmons. You know, Kareem Jackson, a free agent, led the team in missed tackles. You know, it didn't sound like George Payton was that high on Kate Sturridge being an every-down guy. So I wonder if high in that second round, they think about safety. So I'm, gonna, uh, I'll, I'm looking forward to visiting with some of those guys as well. Again, this has been the First Norge Podcast, brought to you by the Denver Post, Kyle Newman, Ryan O'Halloran. Appreciate you listening in into today's show, and come back next week for more analysis. Till next time, folks, take it easy.